Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. We are looking at Proverbs 30 and 31 today. We're going to be finishing up Proverbs. We're in Acts 5, moving through chapter 5 today. We got a lot going on. So we're going to move right into what we have. We are looking at June 21st today. And the quote of the day if you can't be good, be colorful. Pete Conrad, Jr., third person to walk in the moon. There you go. Pretty, pretty wise thing. The first computer mouse, June 21st, 1967, patent filed by Douglas Engelbert of the first computer mouse award, 1970. My dad had the first computer, I really, uh, office computer I'd ever seen early in the 70s, and I remember him coming home and saying they have a new thing called a mouse or a computer. And I just stared at him and I go, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was trying to describe it to me, <laughs> to how to move things around on the computer screen without keystrokes. We've come a long way, huh? That was just so weird to even hear him say that. Okay, let's look at this. Um, World War II, for first attack on the military installation on a U.S. mainland. June 21st, 1942, a Japanese submarine shells Fort Stevens, Oregon. No one was injured during what was the first attack of war on a military installation on U.S. mainland. The submarine fired 17 rounds. The commander of Fort Stevens had ordered a blackout and all rounds missed their target. It was also determined that the sub was out of range and the fort commander ordered his men to hold their fire as the flashes would give away their position. A U.S. bomber attacked the sub, but the sub was able to submerge and escape. Pretty wise officer there in the military base. Smart guy. Woolworths, June 21st, 1879. We have two Woolworths here in Puerto Vallarta. I was just re- telling one of my Mexican friends they didn't know how old it was. They had no idea where it began and how old it was. But in June 21st, 1879, Woolworths opens its second store. It was named Woolworths Great Five Cent Store and was located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It led to what became, at one time, the world's largest department store chain. His first store opened the previous year in Utica, New York, but it failed. And when it first, don't you don't succeed, keep trying. U.S. Constitution. Uh, New Hampshire ratifies U.S. Constitution on this day in 1788. And... I love this one, being the aviation buff I am. Spaceship One, June 21st, 2004. Spaceship One becomes the first privately funded space plane to achieve space flight. In October, uh, it would win $10 million in a prize by becoming the first non-governmental reusable manned spacecraft to make two space flights in less than 14 days. Richard Branson has something, really a copy of this Spaceship One that he's using, and it is trying to go commercial and operate out of New Mexico at the spaceport, which my father built, and along with another large conglomerate. And I think that should be it on that. Let's look over into the dad jokes. This morning, I pulled up a few for us today. I had a dream that I was a muffler last night. I woke up exhausted. (laughs) Mm-hmm. How about this one? Uh, did you hear about the guy who had his left side cut off? <laughs> He's all right now. 
we will go into the reading for today. And uh, many of you know Proverbs 30, well, you know Proverbs 31, but Proverbs 30, this is the end of Proverbs. And interesting that it ends with, well, just some of the greatest wisdom there is, I should say. And we will pray and get into it. Father, thank you. Guide us again as we look in your word this morning. And um, Father, give us the ability to hold on to these things and to apply them into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 30, these are the words of Agur, the son of Jekeh, the oracle. A man declares to Ithiel, to Ithiel and Ukal, Surely I am more stupid than any man. I do not have the understanding of a man. Neither have I learned wisdom, nor do I have the knowledge of the Holy One, who has ascended into heaven and descended, who has gathered the wind in his fists, who has wrapped the waters in his garment, who has established all the ends of the earth. What is his name or his son's name? Surely you know. Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. Two things I asked of you. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, that I not be full, deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. Do not slander a slave to his master, or he will curse you and you will be found guilty. There is a kind of man who curses his father, and does not bless his mother. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. There is a kind, oh, how lofty are his eyes, and his eyelids are raised in arrogance. There is a kind of man whose teeth are like swords, and his jaw teeth like knives, to devour the afflicted from the earth, the needy from among men. Verse 15. The leech has two daughters. Give, give. There are three things that will not be satisfied. Four that will not say enough. Sheol and the barren womb. Earth that is never satisfied with water. And fire that never says enough. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out. And the young eagles will eat it. There are three things which are too wonderful for me. Four which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the middle of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. Under three things the earth quakes, and under four cannot bear up. Under a slave, when he becomes king, and a fool, when he is satisfied with food. Under an unloved woman, when she gets a husband, and a maidservant, when she surplants her mistress. Four things are small on the earth, but are exceedingly wise. The ants are not a strong people, but they prepare their food in the summer. The Shephanim are not mighty people, yet they make their house in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The lizard you may grasp with your hands, yet it is in king's palaces. There are three things which are stately in their march, even four which are stately even when they walk. The lion, which is mighty among beasts, does not retreat before any. The strutting rooster, the male goat also, 
and the king when his army is with him. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have plotted evil, put your hand to your mouth. For the churning of milk produces butter, and pressing the nose brings forth blood. So the churning of anger produces strife. Chapter 31, the words of Lemuel. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. What, O my son, and what, the son of my womb, and what, son of my vows, do not give your strength to women, or your ways to that which destroys kings. For it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, or for rulers to desire strong drink, for they will drink and forget what they decreed, and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his trouble no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Verse 10. An excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels, and the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hand to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is of fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. Give her the product of her hands, and let her words praise her in the gates. Well, we've had the, in the Proverbs a lot of hits on women who are adulterous and who are ruinous and, you know, go out to destroy, and they're a deep pit, and there's many different things. Um, of course, it was even in these Psalms, it was mentioned about the adulteress. But here we have the opposite side of it. And here we have a long and detailed and phenomenal description of the woman who loves and serves the Lord, the virtuous woman. And, and she's so multi-talented. And for her day, we think that women were so oppressed. and They did live in a different time back then. But this woman had all kinds of things going on. She had her own business going on. Uh, she was serving her family, serving the community. She knew how to make money. She had her, I mean, apart from her husband, she had a, a whole kind of mini industry going there. And she was multitasking on a major, 
major way, but over and above all this, she had virtue and morals. She loved God. And so everything she did was out of that sense um, of honoring God. This goes back to the, the whole point of the Proverbs and what was being communicated is all of these morals and virtues that we're to seek after are a product of one's worldview and one's understanding and belief that there's a creator God that we're being held accountable to and us getting back to that and saying, because I'm a creation of my God and because he loves me and gave me life, I want to honor him. He is my king and I want to do every, the most that I can to please him. And we know then that he has set up in this world moral codes of conduct and standard to help the poor like this woman does to help the needy and to look for truth and not lie and not become selfish. And this even goes back to the king. When he was, what we're, we're hearing the mother is, is talking to Lemuel and saying, no, it's not for you to drink and party and just think about the flesh because in doing that, you'll forget what you decreed. You'll forget the needy. You'll forget those who need you. And so this is all related. Conduct of a king, the noble woman, the responsibilities that we have. The fool, it's always an interesting how Proverbs talks about the fool. Again, I think the fool is the one who says there's no God. We tend to th- you know, think that there are people that just can't put two and two together, but it is the fool who is arrogant and says there is no God. And that kind of person will destroy a nation when they become ruler. And we are seen. we've been seeing that in our world for a while. But Proverbs, phenomenal book. All of those truths in it, the Proverbs 31 woman, that is our blessing as men. I've got one. Many of you men have them. They are the ones that we rise up and call blessed because they have a love for God and it affects everyone around them in a very positive way. And we see how God uses them. And so the Bible has a lot of praise for women. Women, people that misunderstand the Bible tend to think that the Bible puts down women and the women are, we're dealing with this whole thing in the church right now about, you know, especially in the Southern Baptist Convention about women being pastors and it's oppressive and uh, it's outdated and, and there's a lot we could get into there. But the Bible does not diminish the ministry of women nor the value of women. Uh, it just has a different role for women and that's really as simple as it is. As, and Proverbs 31 women are fine with that. They're busy enough. <laughs> they got enough on their plate to deal with. Okay, Acts chapter 5 now, verse 22. But the officers who came did not find them in the prison, and they returned and reported back, saying, We found the prison house locked quite securely and the guards standing at the door. But when we had opened up, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests heard these words, They were greatly perplexed about them as to what would come of this. But someone came and reported to them, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence. For they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. 
He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel, forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Verse 33. And when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. And he said to the men of Israel, Take care what you propose to do with these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men joined up with him. But he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas, Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. So in this present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men... It will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. And they took his advice. And after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then released them. They went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. And I'm trying to imagine them going back the next day with their backs cut and sore and realizing that it could happen all over again. This is unstoppable and unbelievable and amazing faith in Jesus as Messiah. They come before the council. The council doesn't want to know how they got out of the prison. It's like, we better not know that because they're, they're sensing, and Gamaliel was sensing, maybe this was of God. And this is more scary than anything if they really believe that it could be of God. And part of their judgment was, well, we better not do anything because it might be of God. What does that say about them? They're not seeking God's will. They acknowledge God's exists, but they've already made up their mind. They're determined that all they want is power and control, and they don't care if they're doing God's will or not. And yet when Peter is saying, look, we must obey God rather than men, and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that these things have been testified and has been happening to you. They start relating their ministry the power of the Holy Spirit. These guys don't tremble, nor do they ask questions. They just determine we've got to kill them. This, to me, is kind of equates to what's happening in the end days more and more, where people know that the, more and more that there is a, a supernatural element to our, our existence on this planet. And they're starting to realize that God exists. There's a power that's happening. And we see some of it even on different news organizations. It's these miracles that are happening around us and fulfillment of prophecy that's going on around us, but people are more hardened to it. This is what's going to happen in the tribulation. They're going to realize that there's God is real. And like when these seal judgments are opened and these amazing things come down and destroy, burn one-third of the earth and destroy so much of the earth and the water, the seas turn to blood and all of these things happen. People will know because it says they'll hide. They'll, they'll go into the rocks and say, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. They'll know that God is, is doing it, that he's real. And yet they'll harden their hearts against it rather than surrendering to it. So it makes perfect sense that these men believe God, they trust God, they had trust him, they had followed him, but now they're hardening their heart to the work of grace that he's doing. Why men do that is just beyond me. When, if they would just 
think for a moment and realize how amazing His grace is and how they could be forgiven, they'd be much more joyful and much more filled with life than just a pursuit of power. And this is what we've got to communicate to our friends that are after the money and after the position and the cars and the material stuff. Same thing applies. Many of them grew up in the church. They know God's real, but mm -mm, we'd rather shoot for the stuff we can get for ourselves in the flesh rather than shoot for what God can bring into our lives, of which they don't want to admit is better than what they're seeking. They've already set their course, so it's a dangerous, dangerous way to go. Charles Spurgeon now, Judges 4.9. The Lord shall sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Rather an unusual text, but there may be souls in the world that may have faith enough to grasp it. Barak, the man, though called to war, had little stomach to fight unless Deborah would go with him. And so the Lord determined to make it a woman's war. By this means, he rebuked the slackness of the man and gained for himself more renown and cast more shame upon the enemies of his people. The Lord can still use feeble instrumentalities. Why not me? He may use persons who are not commonly called to great public engagements. Why not you? The woman who slew the enemy of Israel was no Amazon, but a wife who tarried in her tent. She was no orator, but a woman who milked the cows and made butter. May not the Lord use any one of us to accomplish his purpose? Somebody may come to the house today, even as Sisera came to Jael's tent. Be it ours not to slay him, but to save him. Let us receive him with great kindness and bring forth the blessed truth of salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ, our great substitute, and press home the command, believe and live. Who knoweth but some sloth-hearted sinner may be slain by the gospel today? Well, I'm glad he doesn't encourage us to slay the sisters that come to our house. In, in, the real, in, in the real sense that she didn't know, but to be slain in the gospel, it's pretty clever. It's pretty clever. Let them come in and sit there as they're looking for shelter. <laughs> shelter from those pursuing them. And, you know, you can, you can see how this plays out. People come in with all kinds of emotional issues. They're coming to you for help because, you know, they either, their, their work is, is going terrible. They might get fired or, or they have a, a running from the law, running from their family. They're trying to get away from something, avoid something from a result of something they did. And they're looking to hide and, and get you know help from you. And what they, what he's saying here is, hey, okay, sure, come on in, I'll hide you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to surrender you to the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to right here. I'm going to tell you that you need to die. <laughs> you need to die to yourself. Here's the gospel. Here's the gospel says you need to die and let Jesus raise you up. This is where your life needs to end right here in the flesh, and and fleeing from all the things you've been doing and rebelling and trying and trying to live a life apart and fight against God. Now you need to accept him and live for him. And it's an amazing thing when, uh, when people will hear that and people will respond to it. And ordinary people, you can, you can see that happen. You never know when somebody comes in and, uh, and says that and, and wants to know the truth. Just have to be available to it, have to be open to it, and be able to share it with them. Well, we shall pray now. 
we are so blessed, God, to be a part of your family and to be here on this earth right now during these times, these last days, where there's so much going on. We want to lift up a special prayer for the four men in the submarine, which has um, been lost for two, three days, I believe now, and uh, needs to be found before they run out of air, God. There's so many people looking for them, and we just uh, ask God supernaturally, you, you guide the rescuers to where they are. Or we pray they're still alive and pray that they, they can be found. Very tragic, tragic situation, God. So we just ask that there be some kind of miracle that happens in these next few hours as we wait to see the result of this, God. And we um, just ask for, with those men there in that submarine where they have that time, realizing that their eternity might be laying before them, that you would supernaturally appear to them, you would supernaturally show them, and that there, if perhaps there is a believer among them, that he would be spending his entire time sharing the gospel, God. We don't know if any of them know you, but we do pray that they would come to know you right now. It is an amazing thing that we've been given life, and it can be taken away at any moment. We don't know when. So we do thank you for our life, but we do thank you to help us to realize that any one of us can find ourselves in a situation where our life is, is coming to a close. And what we need to do is, is to just call out to you and look to you and for our help and our salvation. Not in the power of man. It's in your hands. Our lives are in your hands. So we want to continue to trust you for our guidance and for our sustenance, for our health, all things God. Thank you for those that have been trusting you uh, for their health and the, and the different things you've been doing in their, in their lives to bring them back to where the bodies feel good. And many of us, in, because of the culture we live in, times we live in, it's so easy for our bodies to get messed up. So we need your help, Father. We need your hand to be upon us to keep us well. Help us to diet right, to live right, and to not abuse the bodies we've been given, God. Just give us stewardship over our bodies. And just thank you for the friends we have, the family we have, rejoicing in this day, being ever mindful, God, of the blessings around us, not falling into our critical heart. When so much is going wrong around the world, God, we can still focus on, on what's right and what you are doing in our life. We can still be joyful. Thank you for the friends that love us. Thank you for the people that are around us. Give us this day just a heart of gratitude. And we will continue to bless you all of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.